Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second part of our 2022 season preview for the National Football League team that resides in our nation's capital, of whom Pat and I are fans, and of whose name I will continue to disavow, or whose new name I'll continue to disavow. Um, quick story on this podcast episode. So Pat and I attempted to record this episode last week. We actually, we did record this episode last week of sorts. We did a damn fine, damn fine job covering the offense, I would say. It was our sequel to part one in which we discussed the defense. If you haven't catched that episode, if you caught that episode, I should say, uh, make sure you go back and do so. But uh, technology decided to give us the finger as the audio file of that podcast completely corrupted to the point of being unusable. I was telling Pat, I was more mad because I think it was my end of the audio and not his. So that was even more of a kick in the gonads. Uh, so instead of trying to do that episode again, we're changing things up and doing something of like a real season preview for the Washington Redskins. Yes, I just did call them that. Uh, and actually like doing a walkthrough or simulation or like a Madden sim or whatever you want to call of the 2022 schedule. And maybe touch on whatever other topics kind of bubbles up into our heads as we're talking about these teams and what happens over the course of the schedule. So, Pat, you ready? Audio issues, particularly on my end, notwithstanding. Yeah, I'm ready. It's another week to talk about the uh, Washington Redskins Commanders football team. Uh, always, always a good thing, good way to get ready for, this, for the season. I will say, some of my finest work lost into the into the world of corruption. I know. I might try to pull out some like video excerpts sure. of like you if you talking where like I didn't fuck where my part didn't get fucked up. So like, just so it doesn't, um, so that file doesn't live in the abyss. Um, the only the only thing I would probably amend is uh, I said I said Dwimey would be our sixth receiver, and that's not a bad thing. But after watching him now, I'm like, mm, maybe it's a bad thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, you want to talk about a way to play yourself off the team? Deami Brown catch something. Like I was trying in that episode, I was trying to be an apologist. So I was trying to say, let's look at the spectrum. Let's you know be patient. Yada yada. Um, you, well, he does. Uh, he did all the hard work. He just didn't catch the ball, which yeah. is you know. Kind of prerequisite like, for a wide receiver. Other than the ending, what did you think of the play, Mr. President or uh, Mr. Lincoln? Yeah. So, uh, right, that's basically what it was. Um, we touched on this a little bit in the inset offensive uh, pod. Um, so, the entire story of the schedule, kind of getting into it, is particularly the first two games and the importance of going one and one at minimum, if not two and zero. Oh. You know, if you go ahead and look at the off-discussed matchups against Jacksonville and Detroit, if you're going purely by DVOA from last year, so Jacksonville was ranked 32nd in DVOA football outsiders, regardless. You know, depending on how much you put stock into that metric. And then Detroit, I just closed it up. Yeah, Jacksonville was 32nd and Detroit was 29th. Now, obviously, both teams got markedly better in the offseason. You know, Jacksonville cured the malignancy or just, you know, exercised himself the malignancy that was Urban Meyer. Good Lord, could there be any more heinous of a coaching hire in recent years? But anyway, those teams are not quite the solid dwellers that they were last year. But I can only imagine the amount of fecal flinging that is going to take place in this city if Washington loses both games, even if they lose one of them, because that's just how shit rolls in the city, no pun intended, but like, God forbid they dropped the two of them. Uh, it's, it, it's, yeah, like I said, just poop 
being thrown everywhere in every which way direction. I can't imagine how many people's heads they're going to be calling for. So I'll just stop there. The old fecal flinging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, we opened with the Jaguars and Lions. I think it was uh, I think it was JP who said the, the NFL's begging us to start 2-0. Um, and he's he's not wrong, right? So I, I alluded to this in our, in our non-existent pod in the ether, but uh, the Jaguars, I'm scared the light's going to come on for – uh, Trevor Lawrence, while like mm-hmm. in the middle of the game against us, and all of a sudden he's just going to start slinging the rock. Uh, that terrifies me a little, but I do expect us to beat Jacksonville. Um, most because I think we're catching with the right time, regardless of what what happens. Right, like it, it'll be a new system for Lawrence. Uh, their head coach is Doug Marone. Is that who it is? No, it's Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. That oh hey oh storyline. Yeah. Uh, um, so and it's at home, which you know I guess doesn't really matter. For us, but um, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna say we win that game. I also think we'll beat the Lions, although because of damn hard knocks. Now I'm like kind of semi rooting for the Lions because uh, I like Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, uh, good job. But at the end of the day, Jared Goff, I don't care who's playing for it, doesn't scare me. I mean, he made the Rams look pedestrian. That's the big uh, thing for me. So like they don't scare me simply because of golf. Uh, and you know we we play both these teams and. You know, obviously the Jaguar storyline with Wentz is going to hit us all in the face. Uh, but like, didn't for even as, think of that. That's a great one. Yeah. So for but like they're going to people are going to that week leading up to that game, people are like, can he beat the Jaguars? Can yada yada yada. Like my only caveat to that storyline, because for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Wentz shit the bed. Well, the whole Colts team shit the bed uh, in the final week of the season. It was winter in first the Jaguars. Obviously, they didn't win. It's very a la. Uh, the Redskins with Kirk playing the backup for the Giants at home, and we just screwed it up twice. Uh, we lost to them in a win and in twice. Yeah, um, but newsflash to everyone who wants to like piggyback on that storyline: uh, the Jaguars have beat the Colts like five times in a row, or something ridiculous. Like it's not just a wins thing; they've beaten Rivers, uh, whoever started before Rivers. Like the Jaguars just kind of have the Colts number. Um, so for as bad as Wentz was, like. The Jaguars just have won those games. So I think we're going to come out of the gate 2-0, um, which is terrifying to say because we haven't won 10 games in literally a decade. We haven't won 11 games in uh, three decades since 91. I don't even know the last time we started 2-0. Like, you you would have to go look that up. Uh, but I do think we'll come out of the gates and, and we'll start 2-0. Like, you know, if we start 0-2, though, like, the Sam Howell train is just going to be outrageous. That train is going to sail like no train has ever sailed before. Yeah, I mean, that thing's going to have full, fully stocked coal, you know, the whole thing. It's going to be like and that scene in, in the opening in the Fast and the Furious. The first one's the only one I've seen where, the, where like, he basically... Who's seen the first Fast and the Furious? I've only seen the first Fast and Furious of all 23 oh of them. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. That's, like, that's, a, mouth, that's a mouth-breathing movie take. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I've seen. Uh, so when he injects the nitrous oxide, that's in his car. That's that is going to be the Sam Howell tra- yeah. uh, train. Right, two against the Jaguars and Lions. People are going to be calling for win or uh, for Howell. I have seen national analysts saying Sam Howell should be QB one, and I'm like, I know national analysts at the end of they're just box score watchers, but like seriously, like let's 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 hold our horses just a little bit. He won't. He hopefully won't see the field again until OTAs. That's the plan. That 
something was Ben Standick said in his last podcast that the next time we should see Sam Howell taking the field will be 2023. Like that's great. Right. Great. And I think that's the ideal plan. I'll say this about Jacksonville in particular. And I alluded to this when we in our non-existent or non-recorded pod, if you will. Um, the teams that really gave us problems last year were the ones where we just couldn't stop them on offense. Like we could not stop the opposing offense, uh, particularly with Jack Del Rio's defensive schemes or complete lack thereof. And I recognize what you say about Trevor Lawrence, but you and I are exactly on the same page. I think we're catching them at the perfect time because they're still kind of working through the motions of their new offense. You know, at the end of the day, especially with the NFL going to three game, uh, three preseason games. He didn't play in that third preseason game. I always say like, and I will continue to say this regardless of whether we're two and two, four and oh, or oh and four, or whatever record we end up being. The first, like, September is just the preseason. Like, the first two weeks of the NFL season are completely meaningless. I'd say the first four weeks of the NFL season are utterly meaningless in terms of defining who a team is. And yeah. for, for teams that are particularly coming in with a new regime, they're coming in with new offensive schemes and stuff like that. They're still working this shit out against real life opponents, as opposed to whoever they're practicing week in week out against. So I think, as you said, we're going to catch Jacksonville at a point where they're still kind of working out who they are and what they want to be. And that's obviously ideal timing. Uh, there's nothing on the Jacksonville defense that scares me, or I believe would that pose any more of a problem to our offense than they'll already have figuring themselves out. It's not like they're going to be playing, you know, Tampa Bay's defense or Buffalo's defense in week one where they're like, not only do you not know who you are, but you're going to be going up against the stiffest test possible. It's actually quite the opposite. I feel very similarly about Detroit in the sense that Detroit's offense does scare me. Everybody except golf to echo your point. Uh, I think they have a wonderful supporting cast or not wonderful, but they give a very, very potent supporting cast around golf. Um, but the defense again, like I'm just, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, they're doing a great job of blowing him up on hard knocks, understandably. So, but like anything else, I'm not really, I'm not impressed by who they are. So I think they're, but they're going to, they're a team that's going to play really freaking hard. Uh, and we don't have a history of being good against those teams. So I'll circle back to that in a second. I think we actually fare really well against the teams that play really hard because we just find ways to win ways to win slobber knocker games to borrow from my good friend, JR from WWF, right? Like that's just, that's the type of games we, we don't win with style points. We never win with style points. So like, you know, the type of, you know, we, we, we compete well against the teams with one ass cheek and three toes as Dan Campbell liked to put it, but that's my hot take. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm saying we're going to start two and zero, and I'm like, the more I'm thinking about, it, the more I'm like, oh shit, um, because we just, we just constantly shit the bed on so many different. Well, let's put it this we, way: even, even if we start two and zero, we're going to come very quickly back down to two and two, maybe three and one, if we're supremely lucky, because the next two teams after that are Philadelphia and Dallas, and I'm sorry, we're not beating both of them. Philadelphia is maybe, maybe, maybe uh, the best team in the NFC. You can easily make an argument. NFC or NFC? NFC, the National Football Conference, as in the 16 teams that are not in the AFC. That's, I, think, I think Philadelphia could yeah. be the best team in the conference. And Dallas, for whatever it's Dallas, worth. Dallas, Dallas isn't going to be good. Dallas was number one in DVOA last year from football outside. Yeah, number one in the world team. They're going to be the stink this year. They are going to be have the stink. Me, they, they have me and you playing offensive line. Yeah, they do. The Tyron um, Smith injury is a real kick in the gonads for them. 
Yeah, so Zeke's going to – and then for some odd reason, they refuse to play Pollard. They're going to keep giving the ball to Zeke. Wonderful. Uh, keep doing which, that. Yeah, which is stupid. Uh, Dak is I, – I, it took me a long time to get a Dak bandwagon, but I actually think Dak might be really good. Dak is a top uh, eight quarterback. Yeah, he's sorry. He just he is. Uh, but then outside of CeeDee Lamb, who the hell is he going to throw the ball to? That's the other thing, right? There's a lot of smoke on the Dalton Schultz bandwagon, and I get it. Like, he's good. But, um, yes, I think outside of that, they got the rookie that they kind of like. I forgot his name, Jalen something or other, uh, that they're excited about. But that's just a rookie. Like, there's always rookie hype. I mean, look what we're facing over here, right? So I agree with you. Uh, I, I I prayed to the holy fly, flying spaghetti monster all off season that um, was what's the who's the Seattle guy that's their defensive coordinator? It's not Gus Bradley. Is it Gus Bradley? It's, he was there. No 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 no. It's the Atlanta guy. Ah oh, shit. Oh, damn, uh, bald head guy. Yeah right. His name is escaping me at the moment. I can't believe it was too late right now. But anyway, I was praying that he would get a head coaching job elsewhere, and he didn't because I really wanted Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Dallas's defense to take a step back and it's going to be, I think quite the opposite in terms of, you know, year two, although defensive um, play is one of the most erratic things to predict year. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. Thank you. Dan Quinn, medicine woman. That's right. So um, yeah. So I'm not, so I don't think we'll be both of them either. I think that's uh, real. That's just not realistic to be a four. No, in my hypothetical here. Uh, and B, I think you're right. I, I, well, I disagree that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think that's a gr- egregious take. Uh, uh, but we can revisit it later. We can revisit later. Although their run game is stacked. Um, They're stacked at every level of the, of the team. But the, you know, whether we win or that game, lose, I do think we'll go one-on-one simply because the Eagles will get them at home and Dallas will get on the road. So we'll probably split there. I'm going to be so burned when we're like, oh, and four. <laughs> and vigorously not, I had an agreement to that. Uh, the Burgundy, hey, it's August 29th. The Burgundy shades are fully on. Drink that Kool-Aid. I will drink it as long as it's being served. Uh, also, you know what? Honestly, fuck Dallas. Trayvon Diggs sucks. Trayvon Diggs is not good. good. Trayvon Diggs is not a good cornerback. Trayvon well, Diggs people, does. People are all over him because he had like – 37 interceptions last year. But the only reason why he had that many interceptions is because he sucks and he just gets thrown at all the time. If you want to talk about one of the most erratic and non-predictable or non, non-relevant non statistics, it's interceptions by a cornerback. They are, how, many, how many interceptions did Richard Sherman would have in his prime? None, because no one threw the fucking ball no in his direction. No one threw the ball, yeah. How many does Ramsey get? Like one a year? Darrell no one throws Reeves. the ball at him. Same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing with Dallas is like we talked in our defensive pod about uh, depth on the defense being a little bit of an issue. Like we were, we, we, we called the depth in the secondary like functional because we don't really know how good the depth is, but they're young players. They're hungry, that kind of deal. There's no real depth along the defensive line. <laughs> Lord knows we need all the help in the world of linebacker. There's nothing. Linebacker. Dallas, Dallas isn't that far different. Like, Okay, Diggs isn't good, but like, what happens if Parsons goes down? Let's. We should also or, call it on the Micah Parsons as the next Lawrence Taylor. I'd like to. I'd like yeah. to. What if Vanderesh turns into the new Sean Lee? Plays three amazing football games that he's done for the year. He that's used to be his mo. Yeah, you know, Demarcus Lawrence goes down. Their D line all of a sudden is worse than God knows what. 
I might get burned for this because I haven't fully dove into it, but I think Dallas's defense was shockingly healthy for a large portion of last season. Oh, I'm sure it was. And health is one of those you can never predict a year over year type of situation. So I agree with you in that take. Um, who won? Who won the East last year? The Cowboys. Yeah, Dallas did. Okay, well that means they can't win this year because no one goes back to back. Which is why it's Philadelphia. Well, I'm not disagreeing that Philly's the best team in the East. I agree with that take. Your take that they're better than the Rams or the Niners is just wrong. <laughs> San Francisco, yes. So, uh, but so let's just say for the sake of argument, two and two slash three and one going through that first quarter. Oh, the next, I need, to, I need to keep track of this. Keep going. The next quarter is, I think, I would argue even more palatable than the first quarter of like everyone's kind of first focus on these first four games because like, Oh, Jacksonville and Detroit are there. But if you really dig into those next four games, right, let's take it from there. Tennessee at Chicago, green Bay and Indianapolis. So quickly running through these Tennessee doesn't scare me whatsoever. And this is from someone who thinks Kate Derek Henry was like, is one of the most egregiously overlooked running backs when he came out of the league. And like, God bless Mike Malarkey for coming up with an entire offensive scheme for the first two or three years in the league. When he was like, we drafted Derrick Henry, let's do all ourselves a favor and not give him the football as as often as possible. Right. Like this guy is a fucking monster in every way, shape or form. Um, but Tennessee doesn't scare me. Chicago shouldn't scare anyone. I'm jumping over green Bay for a second. Indianapolis We'll talk about them actually as well because we alluded, we talked a little bit about this in the non in the non-existent podcast. And Green Bay was one of those games where we were in it, and only through a course of self-flagellation throughout I mean, the game did we, we probably win. That's a game. That's a game we win without Heineke. Yeah, Heineke's fumble on the goal line. He gave himself up on the two-yard line or whatever, right? And we didn't score a touch. Like we win that game with competent quarterback play. In Indianapolis, you and I talked about this quite a bit. Like, okay, Jonathan Taylor's there. Jonathan Taylor's not going to run for 1,800 yards again. That's a statistical outlier. To expect him to do that again is just – it's it's not realistic. And, look, I know everyone is talking about, oh, Matt Ryan, such a big difference. And, these, you know, they're trying to contrast him from Carson Wentz and from last season. And, yes, you can make that argument that Matt Ryan is probably better in some cases. Um, let's not go too far with that with that that rationalization that rationale. But Indianapolis's offense is still not good. We talked about this again when in reference to Carson Wentz. If you go back and watch a lot of Wentz's highlights from 2020, none of their receivers had any separation. The only thing that made that offense run was Jonathan Taylor running for 200 yards every game, or you know, just basically one one man banding their offense together their offensive line is good not as elite as most people are led to believe it's very very good well that's because people think it's elite because of nelson who is elite and their interior i mean ryan kelly and quentin nelson are fantastic right they're probably maybe the two best at their position but past that yes right after that both their tackles are big 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 question marks michael Pittman is great they have nothing else besides Pittman, although the rookie that they had, their second round pick, Alec Pierce, a lot of people like him. Okay, fine. They got a bunch of athletic tight ends, but that's not enough. And their defense is very solid, but it's not a team that's like, oh my God, this is like compared to the dudes we were playing in the second quarter of like the second four games of, the, of, of last season's schedule. So I think they're, they're plenty manageable. And again, I'll, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He's the reigning MVP. 
I will die on the hill and I'm no fan of his per se, but Tom Brady should have won the MVP last year is a travesty that Brady did not win the MVP. Go back and look at every statistical measure you can possibly think of. He was better. Um, anyway, I might've had money on Tom Brady winning MVP last year. And that's why I'm still salty about that. Um, losing Devonte Adams kind of sucks. Like that's kind of a thing. I know their defense is a little better, but like, even with Aaron fucking Rogers in the backfield on his uh, Percocets and ayahuasca, like that's still going to, you know, he's still got to get the ball to somebody. Yeah. So uh, even Aaron on Percocets is still better than most quarterbacks. Um, you know, so we go Titans at bears home against green Bay at Colts. I agree with you on the Titans to an extent, but I think they're a better team than we are. I think like they're the most overrated the team in the AFC. I, I, well, I, I don't like Vrabel's, Vrabel's won a bunch of games there. Uh, they, you know, they've re, they overhauled kind of their team a little bit though. Like they got rid of AG Brown, they got rid of Julio. I don't even know who's throwing the ball to anymore. Be honest with you, it's still uh, uh, they have Tannehill, but they yeah, I was gonna say, but at the end of the day, they have Tannehill on the backfield. Uh, and you know what's his name, freak freak show running back. Uh, what's his name? He just Derek said he just said his name, Derek Henry. Yeah, he's a freak show. Uh, Chicago looked pretty good in the preseason game the other day, but in a day, it's Chicago. Um, Green Bay, like, I, I really think we should have beat Green Bay last year. The Colts game, I'm fascinated by because if we're like, let's say we're, so we, you had us two and two, I had us three and one. Let's say we're five and two going into that game or four and three going into that game, or even more entertaining, like three to four to five and two. Let's say that's the range we're in. It's in Phil or it's in Indy, and that's I mean that's gonna be the wins game. Like everyone's gonna talk about wins first Ryan. Jeez. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna dominate headlines. I bet you it's it's a Sunday at four. Is it on Fox? It is on uh, let's check it's I have at it. Colt, so it should be. It's, it's in at Indy, Fox. So it should, yeah, Fox. Yeah, yep. so it should be Fox. That's gonna be their like national game of the week. because uh, the four o'clock game is always their uh their game of the week. Eight four o'clock games. Uh, uh, so I uh, mean, one o'clock games, yeah, right, one o'clock games. <laughs> uh, but so I think we'll probably go two and two in this stretch. Um, I, I think the Bears are kind of a surefire win, <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, Titans and, and Colts are probably a toss up, and then the I do think the Packers should probably beat us. Uh, but the Colts game I'm fascinated by because it's the narrative around Wentz and uh, Ursay, right? Like, Ursay wanted him out so badly, mostly because he refused to get the vaccine shot. Um, like, Wentz could have put up huge numbers, and Ursay just hated him. But if you look at the numbers of the last few years, like outside of the outlier of 2020, Wentz has been a very good quarterback pretty much every year he's been in the league. Last year, he went for 27 and 7. Uh, in Indy, the year, the year 2020, his outlier year doesn't count. He played. He, he played behind you and me playing. I mean, the first game they played us, and we had eight sacks against them. We uh, beat up on Halapuli Vaitai. We, 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 we yeah, I mean, that that team was just a disaster. Wentz also low-key threw for 4,000 yards without a wide receiver having 500 yards in a single season. That's an incredible stat. Um, and I keep bringing all this stuff up because, like, I don't think Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Wentz. Um He's less mobile. Last year, and look at QBRs, he was 21st in the league. Matt Ryan was. Wentz was ninth. Um, and to your point, it's not like Wentz was out here throwing to, 
you know, freaking Devontae Adams. He was throwing to Michael Pittman. He was throwing to kind of some that's no it. names. And, and that's it. And, and, and the Colts. And not saying Matt Ryan had this like elite group of people around him, but he had Ridley for probably six games. Um, he had uh, Pitts. Pitts. Pit, yeah, Pitts is a freaking stud. Uh, I wanted Pitts the day I saw him play his first game of the senior year. I was like, draft that guy. Um, and then, it, I don't know, we talked about this in our podcast, but if people remember, Cordell Patterson, like, lit us up. He had, like, a game of his life. But Three touchdowns and God knows how many combined yards. He had a good year all the way through. And the Falcons' offensive line is, I mean, it's not as good as the Colts, but it's not bad. Um, point being is, like, I think we're going to stumble in the middle part of our schedule starting around here. But I have this weird feeling we're going to smash the Colts. Do you have – you are the one who said And Wentz is going to walk out of there, double middle fingers up. You talked about this in 2020 when we played the Panthers, when, like, everyone wanted to win the game for Ron because the way the Panthers the did team dirty. That's the right? game where I know. they had Chase Young uh, mic'd up and he kept saying this is for the offs. Right. Do you feel like they're going to do that for Wentz? I know this is a stupid storyline, but I feel like you have to believe that for all the sh- all the shit that they put Wentz through and 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 and, and you know and and, and Cokehead Ursay like continually putting Wentz's name on blast unsolicited, you got to feel like the team's going to rally around him to be like we got to win this one for our guy. Yeah, and I think that's why our record's important. If we're three and four with a chance to get the four and four, or we have a winning record, like the team's going to be like, let's go crush these guys. Also, in an interesting twist. That Colts game could – I don't think this will be – I don't think – I don't think I actually think it will be the week before against the Packers. But that Colts game could be the return of Chase Young at the same time. So the target game – yeah, the target – I think you're right. It's close. If it's going to be any game, it's going to be the Packers, maybe the Titans, but I think the Titans might be lofty. Yeah, and then – well, if he doesn't come back from the Titans, he ain't going to play against the Bears because the Bears is a short week because that's a yeah, Thursday night right, game. right. Um, so the Packers probably most likely, but if for some odd reason we try to protect them best we can – like, what if that week we're going into Andy with a, like, chomping at the bit Chase Young and a winning record and Wentz being like, let's go just destroy this team. Now, the Colts are pretty solid top-to-bottom team. Uh, but for some reason, I'm just like, Wentz is going to throw 400 yards. My, I mean, my pension for the Colts has been well-documented. Like I said, I, I, I think the world of Chris Ballard, I think Frank Reich is the better coach in Philadelphia, and that's why they won the Super Bowl. I have gotten into fights with Colts fans on Twitter defending their team against them, which makes no sense whatsoever as a, someone who doesn't even root for the team in the same conference. Um, but for, I'm, I'm very like meh on them just in general. Like, I don't know if they did enough. I think they're like a really, really solid team, but like, are they a team that intimidates me? No, no, they're just not. So at the end of eight weeks, by the way, I have us at five and three. Uh, I have them at two and two, and I have one, two, five and three. I, I think you're I think you're at four and four. Oh, you're at five and three too. Okay, I'm five and three. So I was about to say we're five and three in the second half of the year, but down there's seventeen games. And <laughs> no, you know what? I'll take the your take, and let's just say for the sake of contrarian, I'll be four and four. Okay, four and four, five and three. Yep. Uh, that moves us into the next four games. And again, it's pretty, you know, moist and tender outside of the stupid Monday night game, which I'll just go ahead and, and Sharpie and L against Philadelphia, just because it's Monday night. And Dude. it is, uh, even though it's at Lincoln financial, that's, I don't care. That's fair. That's right. Fair. Like I, it's just, it's Monday night. I, it's not even almost worth watching, but then 
the 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 next four games uh, starting from the beginning of November goes Minnesota. Can't wait to dive into that one. The go ahead and mark it as a sharpie loss against at Philadelphia, at Houston, and home against the Falcons. So let's talk about Minnesota. The return of Kurt Kurt with a T Cousins. Kurt. Uh, Vikings are kind of the underwhelming team in the NFL to me. Like they should be better than they are, but they have freaking Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Right. He also has him just totally handcuffed. Um, they can't get rid of him. They keep giving him more guaranteed money. Um, I don't even know what the deal with Dalvin Cook is. Like, you know, he's so good if he's on the field. I know he's got a lot of off the field issues too. Jefferson is just freakishly good. Nose clean is ever since he's gotten to Minnesota. Change of scenery has been great. Problem is he plays 13 games every year. He's guaranteed to miss three or four. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what to think about. I don't really truly don't know what to think about the Vikings. Like it's a team that's just always kind of there. You know what I mean? I also never watch them. And the only time I do watch them, it's because our Twitter's blown up because Kirk threw an outrageous pick or he took a kneel on the 10 yard line to the half or something. Um, even though he did that with us. The, this is an interesting stretch because I, I do generally agree with your Eagles take. Uh, again, I don't think they're as good as you do, mostly because I don't. I think Hurts sucks personally, uh, and I think that's going to hold them back big time because uh, teams are going to stack the box and make him beat him with with his arm, and I'm not sure he can. Uh, but Vikings, you know, getting them at home, we should beat the Texans. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're not very good. I'm very, uh, I'm, 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 I'm plenty bullish about against Houston. Nothing about Houston, nothing about Houston impresses me. Um, Falcons don't really scare me either. Same. Uh, sorry. It's uh, so it probably it really comes Desmond Ritter at that point in the season. Yeah. So it really comes down to Vikings Eagles. And if we can beat the Vikings, that should be a really good stretch. Uh, also. So it's two away and two home. Oh, we're playing at Houston. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, That's the uh, only team where I'm like, it doesn't matter. Lovey Smith is the head coach. There's just nothing there that I'm like, oh man, we got even like literally nothing there. Brandon Cook's fine. Okay, great. Pep Hamilton's a really, really good offensive coordinator. Like, cool. That's good. Pass that. Good no. Pep. Right. Pep is the greatest, the greatest coach in DC defenders history. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll take another two and two just because like we're down. We're going to have a letdown game. Everyone knows we're going to have a letdown game at some point. I think it comes in this stretch. It's late in the year. We we don't have our bye until week fourteen. We, we yeah we don't yeah so we're going to be kind of there's a good chance we're beat up here. Um, I think we'll go two and two again in the stretch uh, with definitely victors over Houston and the Falcons. But this is a chance. This to me is a, is a chance to really like build momentum and finish with a strong year because like we can beat the Vikings. We exactly. go three and one this stretch, and then we're like we're in we're cooking. November is Ron's month, man. Like November it is that that's that's as as stupid and completely you know unsound analysis as that is. I feel like I'm I'm a three and one in this stretch. Like I I I feel great, just particularly because of November. I I think Minnesota's offense has enough to give us problems. It's the type of game where I could see Adam Thielen giving us problems more than Justin Jefferson. And I think the world of oh, Justin I forgot, Jefferson. I, I forgot about that. But like, uh, he's Adam the Thielen. guy that like, he'll just pick on our second corner. Like I can imagine him abusing Wendell, uh, uh, William Jackson, just all game long for whatever reason. So um, 
or some random dude like Irv Smith just goes off for like, you know, 202 touchdowns or something like that, just because that's how that apt to happen. But their defense also is, you know, two things. Number one, I think that's the type of game that Kirk Cousins can throw one of his patented bonehead, you know, interceptions at the most critical time for them. Then again, knowing DC luck, he'll probably look like the second coming of, you know, Dan Marino when he's playing against us, but it's November and I'm going to put my, all my eggs in that basket. I like wins against Minnesota, Houston and Atlanta, the latter two teams outside of cockpits, who is an absolute freak show. Nothing about them scares me. The only thing that scares me about those games is the health of our team. Cause we'll be, we'll have played 10, 11, 12 consecutive games. You can never predict the health of a team, but as I think we mentioned this in the pod that doesn't exist, I feel like this team is actually going to get healthier over the course of the season or like in comparison to where we are now, because look at the mash unit we are right now. We don't have a tight end. Like we literally don't have one, but like Logan Thomas is going to be coming in a couple of weeks to the season. John Bates is starting to practice again. And who's the uh, fucking Cole Turner's Cole Turner practice again. Right. I think standing, one of the- standing has Rogers sneaking onto the roster too, simply because he's been the only healthy tight end. This is a, my hot take that I don't think I've heard anybody else talk about. I think is actually kind of playing possum this off season and he's overprotecting guys. I think he's holding people out like to the point of like excess because he's so focused on making sure that he can field a healthy team and not overworking them. Even one iota in the, in like August with the goal of saving that wear and tear as much as possible. Right. Like, you know, there's something to be said about like Dan Campbell and like everything we're seeing on hard knocks, like they're beating the shit out of each other in August. Does that mileage start to add up in November, December for them? I think he's kind of going in the opposite direction and like, you know, cause Trey Turner hasn't practiced, but they're like, no, they should be fine. And Andrew Norwell hasn't practiced. And all these guys are like, continue. Well, those and like guys the whole, don't need to practice because they, they know the system so well. So he doesn't need to worry about putting them out there. Precisely my point. The plan with Curtis Samuel, right? Like this whole like excess <laughs> holding him out and all this shit, right? Like, I feel like they're really, really, really just protecting them and not like an over coddling or whatever type of way like i just feel like they're doing everything they can point being i feel like health is something that they're actually going to prioritize that implies that they didn't prioritize previously but they're really going to be protecting over the course of the year especially given the walking dead that we were playing on our team in last december i think they're just so traumatized by that walking dead because of covid that too you can't control the covid outbreak or the omicron variant or whatever right but at the same time it's like anything else we can do to control the health of our team and have some modicum of like our starting unit actually playing in the game yes we need to do that all this is just making me so why why the hell is there a gap between the end of preseason and week one this is so stupid I'm like, let's start right now. This two week, like uh, you tease us with three weeks of football and then went cold for like two weeks. Like that was yeah. really dumb. Yeah. So stupid. Um, um, the, yeah, I, I don't know the, I don't know what the math or not math is the right word, what the uh, science says behind like beating somebody up in preseason versus kind of trying to protect guys. Um, I know what Marty Schottenheimer would say. He say, "Let's let's do three days. Start zero and five, finish eight and eight, and do a bunch of Oklahoma drills." Um, yeah, um, you know. So I don't know what the but the point of I brought that up because like we started terrible, but like as other teams started to fade, we got stronger and stronger, and stronger. Hell, we won eight games with Tony Banks as our quarterback. That's just a remarkable feat 
in and of itself. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't. Maybe he is protecting his players. If he is, like, good. I think he, I think they are. I think you're onto something with Chase. I think they're overly trying to protect him, probably from himself, uh, um, by keeping on the pup, making him miss games, and like making sure he's good to go. When, they're doing the opposite. Now, granted, up with RG three, the opposite. Yeah, in yeah, a good way. Total opposite. Yeah, in a great way. Plus, the dude like tore his kneecap, tore his ACL, had surgery on both knees. Uh, um, yeah, my only worry is is honestly health. Um, you know, I, do we even have a trainer? I don't even know. Our, our other trainers out here hustling painkillers to to people. Um, but if we can get to you know what is what is that last game that no, we we aren't worried about the Falcons. The Falcons. They, no, they were again. They were playing the Giants basically back to back with the buy in between. Which again, so such a dumb scheduling. Thing. I hate the back to backs, and I hate the back to back in between. It, it's so yeah. stupid. I hated last year where all the divisional games were in the last month. That was st- stupid. Like, why? Why would you do that? That it yeah, doesn't. I, I don't you, know. you think you're drawing? Like, you think fans are going to suddenly flock to football more in December as if there was a, like a lack of fans watching football in December? Like, what? What was your rationale yeah. there? Also, who's going to be starting for the Giants in Week Thirteen? Tyrod. Uh, Tyra just got hurt, didn't he? Uh, he did, but but all the reports are net positive. Like Daniel Jones, be Danny Dukes. He sucks. Yeah, I don't think Dayball can fix that. Like he, he Brian Dayball is an offensive coordinator, not Merlin the Wizard. Like I don't think he can fix that that level of snuck. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna. This is another part of the see. This is why I'm more bullish on this season. Last year I was bullish. I thought our defense was going to be good. So for those listening, this is the fourth or f- no, maybe even the fifth year we've done some sort of preseason pod like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have generally been conservative and undershot our wins. Actually, that's not true. The Gruden year we went three and thirteen. I think I had us in like seven and nine. <laughs> uh, uh, but I've been I pretty much undershot. Last year I overshot. Last year I had us at nine and eight. I was like our defense is going to be sweet. Uh, obviously we finished seven and ten, but caveat little what do you call that little star thing that uh, yes, you know, asterisk that's what I'm looking for uh, Fitzpatrick played three series broke his leg or hip and we, we had tiny key the rest of the season uh, I'm trending towards a 9-10 season right now with how we're going and this part of the schedule so it goes Texans, Falcons, Giants, Giants back to back there is a legit chance in that little realm that we go 4-0 and all that does is set up where we have to upset the Niners Cleveland's kind of a toss-up because at that point Watson will be playing okay. uh, and then but then we but then we close with Cowboys at home fun fact about that game if we have a winning record they're retiring Sonny's number and the playoffs are on the line it might be the only time in the last 10 years where that stadium bumps that place is going to be lose its mind for once yeah for once, but we have to get there first. But like oh, this, this, we are set up to take advantage of a weaker schedule, and like these games in the back half with the Niners and the Browns and the, and the Cowboys, those last three games, we're I think we're going to be in position to make a run, and we get two of them at home. That's the first time I can think of if that confluence of events takes place, where someone's like, "Hey, I got tickets to the game to go see them. You interested?" In For the first time in years years i may be like yes i'm going i would love to go to the game and that's in those circumstances 
my my buddy Chester called it a high risk, high reward because there's also a chance we suck. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> and, then, and then and then it is full of Cowboys fans as we're returning Sunday's jersey. But think about how close, even going down twenty four nothing, if I'm not mistaken, at one point against the, the Cowboys, we were one touchdown and one goddamn defensive stop that didn't exist away from coming back like Lazarus from the dead in that first game against Dallas. That. First, Kyle Allen dropped a Kyle Allen dropped a dime to DeAndre Carter along the sideline. He dropped it. The 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 first touchdown to Cam Sims was absolutely ridiculous. Like no one even yeah. thought he caught it. Right? Cole Holcomb's pick six. I mean, just incredible, right? <laughs> Let's not talk about the game that Dallas. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 is a you take the tape, burn it, and bury the ashes. Absolutely. Right. But he started fucking Garrett Gilbert, like or you know. And then the whole sideline punches. Wasn't Gary Gilbert that game, or I just am I am I confused? No, that was uh, so the at the Dallas game was Heineke's first game back. That's right. It was Gary Gilbert the week before against the Eagles. You know the Giants. I always, like I said, I'm I'm workshopping this take where I think I hate the Giants more than I hate the Cowboys. In fact, I think I'm pretty close to like definitively saying that I hate the Giants more than I hate the Cowboys. Um, so like, I can't say anything good, nor will I ever say anything good about the giants outside of like, I thought Brian Dable was a really good hiring, which made me quite angry that they made a good hire. I think Saquon Barkley is CJ Spiller 2.0 that, you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Um, nothing good to say about Danny Dukes. Their wide receiver group is trash. Kenny Galladay is an overpaid bum who doesn't want to do anything. And has looked like absolute decrepit cat shit through the course of this, uh, preseason. So then again, they always find a way to beat us for one game. So what can we do? They uh, they have been a little bit of a thorn in our side. Even when we went seven and nine and won the division, I don't think we beat the Giants that year. Although we beat the Giants twice last year, um, most because they jumped off sides. Most A, because <laughs> they jumped off sides, and B, because they did a quarterback sneak on QB, QB sneak on third or second and third down or whatever it was. Um, I have us finishing at 10 and seven with the schedule, the way it's set up. Which is really scary because A, we haven't won 10 games in a decade. Uh, B, right now I feel kind of bullish. For some reason, I think this, I think our offense is finally a modern day NFL offense. And that's going to allow us to win games. I have 10 um, as well, and I'm, I'm terrified of it. Yeah. Last year, I was like, we're going to do this because I really, I, I honestly thought Chase Young and Sweat were going we're gonna to break all the sack records. I texted you before the season start. I still remember because I did not commit to a win-loss record in our last year, uh, last year's preseason pod. I did not commit to one. I said I wanted to work. I and I think right before the season started, I texted you, and uh, I'm fully ready to own this when I texted you, 11-6. and six. It was the first time I think I predicted a double-digit win because I was for way, 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 way too confident in the Fitzpatrick addition, probably just because I wanted competency at the position and like somebody who would actually push the ball down the field. Uh I still believe, I mean, if it's, if ifs and buts are candy and nuts, as the saying goes, but like if everything didn't happen with the whole COVID ravaging the entire December of last year, like we were better than a seven and 10 team. I will still maintain plus, that last year's team. Everett's girlfriend died and like the whole, the whole, just the whole back half of our year was a disaster. Everything, but like the way, what they showed in that four game winning streak, but then Gibson going down and Thomas going down all the off the field shit that happened. It's like, I would have bet everything that we were going to make like another, you know, pull out another two more games. We would have found two more wins and got to nine and eight, which I think would have. I mean, we, we would have beat the Eagles in Philly. We, we had that game under control. We just had Gilbert playing. Right. Uh, and then Heineke came back and like, 
I said this in our non-existent pod. I'm generally a fan of of Heineke, mostly because he's an ODU guy, you know, and I just he's a cool story. But like, again, not an NFL quarterback. Uh, cool story, but like, and we, we also said him. the same thing that Heineke was playing him. at fifty percent post COVID. Yeah, we also just don't need him playing. Period. Uh, you know, I, I I tweeted this out from our account. He reminds me of Paolo Espinino from the Nats, like a guy who come in and eats innings, you know, and does really well because no one really cares. But as soon as he became a starter, like he's zero and seven with like a seven ERA, like he sucks. Um, that's Heineke. He's good and play some street ball. Hey, they have a game plan for you. Just go out there and play. But if he's forced to start, we're we're screwed. Yep. Um, and if wins can get through this season healthy, I truly think we'll win 10 games. Like, I'm really confident. I'm not worried about Wentz's health, as counterintuitive no. as that might sound. I'm genuinely I'm always, not. I'm always worried about our quarterback's health because – That's fair. This is D.C. That, um, that, field, that field will take somebody's knee this year. We just don't know who it is yet. How many leg injuries does that field cause to quarterbacks in the last like five? Yeah, yeah. That's that's it's FedEx field. It's or hip, I guess. Add hip to the although, you know, Fitzpatrick could have blown his hip out of the water park for all I know. Seriously. There's room. There's rumors. Is it really? I didn't realize that that was a thing. There are rumors that he threw it out the week before at a freaking water park. Chasing his seven kids. Or however many he has. Um you know, seven, we, we walk off the season with a Dallas win or in the playoffs. Boom. And we win the division, right? Not not Philadelphia. No, Philadelphia still wants the division. I don't think I don't I don't know what Philly's schedule looks like, but it's probably similar to ours. Uh, I think it's not quite as cream cheese as ours. I think Dallas has a has a fluffier one. Dallas has a fluffy one like we do, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um but the Eagles, I'm I'm I just like I just don't think Hertz is that good. If you're going to be an elite team, you need an elite I, quarterback. And Hertz is not an elite Hertz quarterback. Is well documented. My, my, I think Hertz is a bottom bottom half quarterback. I I just think everything else around him that they've done such a good job. They've built that team so well. I, I am not a Hertz guy at all. I mean, I'm the opposite of that. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's grossly overrated. However, he has the dual threat ability, which in today's NFL is as valuable as it's ever been, right? And this was the other take that I said in the podcast that doesn't exist. And, I, and the, one of the reasons why I'm so much more optimistic about this season than I was last season. Last season, even in those first eight games when we went ten and uh, two and six, outside of the Denver game and the New Orleans game, which were our two real shit the bed games, like we just played like ass in those games, right? Every other game, we were competitive. We played, we played them really, really hard. But we had the metaphor I was using. We were playing against quarterbacks who could go full Thanos on us and say, put the glove on, put the infinity gauntlet on, say, fuck it, I'm doing it myself. As I said, look what Justin Herbert did to us. I mean, it's one of the best quarterbacking performances I've seen in a well, long time. He Her- was Herbert's. Herbert's, Herbert's amazing. Herbert. He's fantastic, amazing. right? But he was unstoppable in that week one win. Like, and there were some throws you're like, I don't care who you're playing on defense or how well you're covering him. You couldn't defend those throws. You're playing against Mahomes in some of those games, in one of those games. You're playing against Aaron Rodgers in one of those games. Eventually, when you dance with the devil, you're going to get burned. 
we don't have that on our schedule this year. The most potent quarterbacks we're playing, playing Rodgers again, obviously. Play Rodgers. Dak Dak Prescott, okay, top eight quarterback for sure. Is he really someone that you're like like staying up at night because you got to play against him? Yeah. Jalen Hurts, aforementioned already, how we feel about him. Kirk Cousins, like who are these elite monster quarterbacks? I don't, again, I don't have any fear of playing Ryan Tannehill. Trey Lance could be, Deshaun Watson could be. Um, Trey Lance could have been about Dago, but now he's got freaking Garoppolo sitting right behind him, making seven million a year to just be a backup. I think that's a non story. I think that basically just signed him to keep him there because they couldn't trade him. And they're like, fuck it, we'll yeah. keep him on the roster because in case Lance goes down. Because you have you have to have a QB too. Because what were they gonna do if Lance if, they, if, if if Lance doesn't play well though, that story bubbles up quick. I don't think that's the case. I think that's that I think that's much ado about nothing. They know if that's gonna be a fan created slash ESPN stupid show that nobody watches at eleven AM on a workday media talking point. Like, of course Trey Lance is gonna str- struggle. You watch it, right? Uh, so <laughs> of me. course, Trey Lance is going to have his ups and downs. He played one fucking year at North Dakota State, right? It's there. Yeah, he had 46 touchdowns and one interception, if I'm not mistaken, right? But like, other than that, like, there's going to be ups and downs with him. And there, but like, the upside is so goddamn high that you have to kind of work through everything. He was up and down this up preseason, but like, ugh, I, I, I get really frustrated by it. Like, one of my friends was talking about, he was like, you know, I, I hope it doesn't quite create a quarterback controversy and i'm like if it creates a quarterback controversy you have a really piss poor organization that doesn't know how to manage the situation but then again we root for the redskins so we know what piss poor organizations look like oh we have a blueprint but Uh, like i said like going back to the god mode quarterbacks right like again trevor lawrence not there yet uh jared goff nope we talked about hurts we talked about uh, prescott again ryan Tannehill. nope not doesn't fit not yet for Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. Not yet. I already talked about Rodgers, Matt Ryan, same thing. Kirk Cousins, same thing. Davis Mills, same thing. Marcus Mariota slash Desmond Ritter, same thing. Daisy Dukes, same thing. Like, where are these – like, the, the thing against our defense was like, yeah, they, they found that they shit the bed constantly last year, but the guys that they were playing against tormented them. I just don't see that this year. Like, by virtue We can't be as bad as last year for – all the reasons you just mentioned, you mainly, mainly because sim- simply of yeah, simply because of the quarterback play. Now, I guess in theory we could, but like there's going to be aggression to the mean. We're going to end up like 19th or 18th in, in total defense or something like that. Um, I just I'm more bullish on the team, mostly because I think our offense is built like a modern day NFL offense. We're built on the outside in, and our inside's pretty good. But like you win in the NFL with playmakers on the edge. Um, and we have them in spades right now. Well, maybe not spades, but we have them. And we, I mean, we have our top four receivers are all very good. Uh, you're going to see, I said this in our non-existent pod, but like, I think Cole Turner by week eight, nine, 10, like he's going to stop. He's going to start popping. Uh, Thomas is, Thomas is good. We have our offensive line while not elite by any means is like, you know, it's too deep basically at every position. Um, which allows us a lot of, you know, affordability for someone to go down. It all just comes back to wins. And I think he'll, I think he'll do, I think Scott Turner, I like Scott Turner. Um, and McKissick's value just went way up. Prayers up to B-Rob. Uh, but McK- 
but McKissick's, you know, value just went way back up. And to be honest, that's not, you know, the context of things is bad, but it's not a bad thing. McKissick is on that field. We just have to find a way to protect him. Brian Robinson thing sucks beyond belief. I mean, first and foremost, that's a human thing, right? Like it, it brought Dude, back broad, like, broad daylight, brought back terrible memories of what happened to Sean Taylor. Obviously one situation was much more tragic than the others in terms of the end outcome. You know, Brian Robinson, by all accounts, is going to be fine medically. Um, can't yeah. speak much more than that. Right. But like, given how promising he looked in the, in the preseason, like it's just so crushing to watch that circumstance happen, let alone the fact that someone got shot. Right. I mean, just in broad, daylight. In broad daylight, right. On eight street, which is supposed to be like, you know, the new yuppie central, but yeah. anyway, that sucks. Um, I just, I, I, I'm scared to say 10 wins because I don't think our defense is that good, but to your point, we have a quarterback friendly schedule, which is like ninety five percent of the battle. I can already. If we can stay if if we can stay healthy, we'll be okay. I'm already starting to get really bad PTSD of Christian Kirk, or like pre PTSD of Christian Kirk burning Bobby McCain for three touchdowns in the week one against Jacksonville. Bobby McCain. Yeah, it might it might happen. Or Bobby McCain has or he has a pick six, and we talked about it that night. Boom. So we'll leave it on that note. Um, if Bobby McCain does something great, well, I'm not going to say if, because that's not going to happen, but I'll be the first one to eat crow in, in, in savoring the victory. Uh, but as Patrick mentioned, we're going to try to do this after every game, um, late night episodes, as we are apt to do, recapping hopefully a double-digit win season, which we are crazily, if that's a word, prognosticating at this point. So... Um, if anyone's listening, if anyone's still listening, I need a player to irrationally hate for no reason now that Afty's gone. So just brainstorm some ideas for me. His name rhymes with Robbie McLean. No, you have yours. You have yours. I need I need someone to irrationally hate. They can't do anything right, period. They could score six touchdowns in a game, and I'll say it's because of the scheme. You say Deami names Deami Brown's name wrong. You might go ahead and just go full full uh yeah, well, he's not going to play. Yeah. Is it Dwimey? Or how do you pronounce his name? Is it Dwimey? It's Diami. Diami? Whatever it is. That's uh, what I'm saying, right? You might as well just go full full antagonism on him. Who, who am I going to – super spreader? No, he's too good. Uh, that's Logan Thomas to me. Um, uh, I'll think on this because I, I need to find someone to irrationally hate. Corn Elder? How about Corn Elder? Yeah, not prominent enough. Yeah. Troy Apke. just I hated Apke from the day we drafted him. <laughs> Everyone did. He was a seventh-round pick we took in day well, round four. It might, it, it, if he doesn't start playing better, we're trending toward just deep hatred towards Jamin Davis. Yeah, you and everybody else in D.C. That, that one, that name crossed my mind. I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah. Or David Mayo, because he just shouldn't be on our team, yet he still is. Yeah. David Mayo is a coach who's basically on the field and he looks like a coach playing football. All right. We will Willie, end there. Willie, Willie Jackson also in the running. Something because I want him to be good, but he's just, I mean, I'm hoping he's going to take the step. We've talked about that, but. Hey, I, I think that's Dust Up Del Rio's fault. I don't think that's, that's, that's Jackson's fault. I think it's Dust Up Del Rio using them the wrong way. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, like I said, like I said, it's, it has nothing to do with skill or anything. It's irrational. There's no reason behind it. I just need I need some of the team to blame for everything if we don't win 10 games. It might still be happy. I might still be like tweeting week, week 14. Fuck happy. <laughs> God damn it. 
God damn it. Him and Reed Dowdy watching highlight tapes together, making cut-ups and sending them back to Iran. Might as well just blame Rex Grossman while we're at it. Nah, Rex never did anything wrong. All right, we will end it there. Thank you so much for everyone who's listening. Looking forward to doing more of this during the course of the regular season. Uh, But uh, thank you again, and look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.